Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. Homo Superior's four years old. Happy birthday, all of us. Uh, it's issue 185 and our fourth anniversary. Uh, I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I am Brent Wingate. And this week, we celebrate Homo Superior's four-year anniversary birthday fair. Uh, plus, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has reached its fifth and penultimate episode. We have uh, the start of Way of X and some other issues. Clark's got something. Watch out. Plus, there's some rumors about Secret Invasion casting. Uh, we're getting another Annihilation event. And uh, Disney made some deals. Uh, and we, uh, we'll wrap up at the end with a visit to the trailer park to talk about Shang-Chi and MODOK. All right. So before we get to all of this stuff this week, we've got some exciting news. Uh, we want to let you, the listeners, know to check out our review of the finale, finale and entirety of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier in our extra issue that will be coming out next Thursday. Plus, starting next week on Instagram, we will have a special new feature called Homo Superior Bar Sinister. And we're going to share great X-Men and superhero-inspired cocktail recipes for you to enjoy during happy hour, on the weekend, or whenever you drink. So new recipes will be released whenever we release them. So check those out at Homo Superior Podcast. And similarly, on Monday, we will be releasing our newest episode of the show everyone's talking about. It's Krakoa's morning show, Vicky and Kiana talking more. It'll also be on Instagram. It's fun. Enjoy it. Uh, I don't have anything else. I'm just an executive producer on it, so I don't know a lot, but I'm very excited for to see them again, you know? Yeah. It's been uh, they're, they're really a They've been hibernating, act. right? Oh, They've been hibernating for the last yeah. few months. Like, uh, they like might the have died. They, they might have died during the Ten of Swords tournament. We don't really know what happened. They kind of disappeared <laughs> lingering Listen, issues. They talk about some of that uh, that, wand, that good WandaVision. They got a little mm. bit of Falcon and Winter Soldier. They oh, got a little God. bit of Children of the Atom. It's all mm. the things the, the people of Krakoa care about. Mm. <laughs> all right. So we are our four-year anniversary, guys. Who would have thought uh, we would have made it four ah. years and uh, still you know, kept all five people? Um, so <laughs> we did, we usually do a Secret Santa. Um, this year, we all forgot until it was too late or remembered and weren't heard um so <laughs> you couldn't do like two weeks it was your fault yeah that's true that's true i i, I actually wow. did black that out for a second there it's our anniversary and secrets are being revealed <laughs> <laughs> um so uh we're gonna do our secret santa now our secret uh, birthday Santa. Oh. Um, we each got each other a gift. Uh, we hope it invades each other's hearts. Kaylin, <laughs> let's start with you. What? Uh, let's let's have you open your gift. Oh, okay. Uh, I was actually going to say who I got my gift for, but I can start with my gift. Yeah, open uh, your gift first, and then the person will yeah. all will all will all, okay. uh, will all okay. cheer or uh, jeer uh, it. Yeah, uh, I'm it up. <gasps> Woo! Oh, play play Christmas music. House, oh. The Highest House, a graphic novel by Mike Carey. Mm. And um, what's the artist's name? It's uh, Peter Gross. They were the team behind The Unwritten. Uh, so I was really looking forward to reading this at some point, and I haven't bought it. So uh, who is my secret Santa? 
I don't know. Should I guess? Should I guess? <laughs> I'm gonna and wait. Kaylin got it for himself. <laughs> I did. I am my own secret Santa. Was it Clark? Are you my secret Santa? Uh, maybe. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clark, it's, this is beautiful. Is there? It's gonna die a secret. <laughs> is there uh, nothing else in there? Oh wait, there's one more thing. Okay. Oh. Whoa, whoa, this is so freaking cool. It's the Einries der Zit by H.G. Uh, Tannhaus from oh. Dark. Oh, yeah, oh. It's that. just a note. Sorry, wait, I, Kayla and I screamed over it probably for the listeners. So it's, what is it again? <laughs> it's the book from the show Dark, which we've reviewed on podcast. It's basically, um, I forgot what the English translation is, but it's uh, by H.G. Tannhaus, who was the, uh, the inventor of the time machine. Uh, even though he got it as, uh, you know, from uh, from Jonah. Uh, no spoilers, you know, no Jonah. spoilers. Well, the show's been Anyone? out for years and we've talked about it on podcast. Anyways, yes, it's just a no- notebook that I thought was really cool. That's so cool. That's awesome. Also, it's completely on blank. Amazon, get that. Yeah, the funny it's thing blank. though, Kaylin, you actually sent that to yourself uh, oh. as a secret Santa from the future. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I but knew he, it. You, you told Clark not to say anything, so that's why he's been acting so weird on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I, well, that's the reason. Well, that's the reason. So, like six days ago, I, I was very late in getting the gift because I realized, oh, you know, I fucking forgot. And so when I asked everybody on podcast, like, what's the address? I was like, oh, everyone else better not already have their gift. <laughs> that he immediately knows that I was the one to give it to him. Um, highest house is a really i actually loved it whatever the fuck year it came out i really liked it the world building's great and the art's wonderful yeah no i love mike carey obviously he does um you know uh x-men x-men uh legacy and i loved his lucifer run so i'm really excited to read this thank you so much clark Clark, birthday christmas miracle (laughs) (laughs) anniversary should all I right. go? If we're gonna do Clark, it in your, order of like who Clark, gets it's your okay. turn. Yeah. All right. And then I, we'll I guess, guess there's two things here I didn't quite know. There are two boxes. Yes. I mean, maybe whoever. Uh oh. I'm ripping. Rip. 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 What an unboxing audio clip. That's the new wave of the future. Yeah. Oh, there's a box now. Um, we already we already had some ASMR crack, typing crack, earlier uh, in this episode. <laughs> Like it okay, sounds like you're breaking your wall in your house. <laughs> so the it, fourth wall of this yeah. podcast. Yeah. For the listeners, he is taking a sledgehammer to his wall right now. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of things. All right, who got a Mjolnir? Uh, yeah. Let's start with, I got um something. It's a, uh, oh, I guess this is, I need to do the big one first. A photo album with oh. a tree on it, and someone's got to explain that. But um, yeah, <laughs> not like in the back. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then I've so, got some rings. Got a, I've got some rings for the um, notebook, and and little stickery things, and a bunch of paper mate pins. I'm I'm very pleased with this. I'm gonna guess it's Brent because he already started yeah. talking. Yes. Okay. It is for me. Uh, you don't have to talk about each of the items like you've got to MacGyver your way out of the room. I do. Um, <laughs> so, because... Uh, we have to be visual here, people. 
Yes. Well, uh, the it is a it is a photo album type binder um, that I thought you might like uh, to create the different uh, X Men, Marvel, whatever family trees. Oh yes, that's perfect. Ah, that you could have and be a nice formalized way of doing oh, the stuff we gift. did on our prior podcast. Because my niece keeps stepping on that one that I did for the Summers family, and it looks like shit now. Is it because you tied it to her shoe? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if the paper I got for it actually fits the book, but uh, you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> yeah, it fits. Well, we'll find out. Who knows? Anyways, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Brent, you All, right. All right. Brent. So, so it's no, it's Ryan's turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. I'm the third oldest, so I go third, just like Christmas slash birthday slash anniversaries. Everyone knows that. Wait, wait, give me your trash. Give me your trash. I'm trash collector. Mom, hold the bag open and I'll throw the trash in it. Don't you know? Um, Don't wake up your father. He's napping. He was up. Well, he he said he would get up early, but it's fine. Um, Okay, I'm opening. There's a bag in a box. I'm opening it. It's it's not crinkly at all. <laughs> no, what's the ribbon? What color is that ribbon? It's a green ribbon. It's a oh. ribbon. Ooh. <laughs> oh. I do like those uh it looks like it, the pre it's, pre it's a pretty bag. It's a it's a very Christmas bag, but I like uh when you can get that from whatever website so that it's like already wrapped. Yeah, I think it's Amazon. Stuff. That, um, that looks like the cube from Hellraiser and wrapped in something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, bubble, in bubble wrap. Right. <laughs> yes, it's an IED. <laughs> okay, it's a box. There's a box in it. There's a this box. has so many What's layers in of the wrapping. Box? I wanted to just be wrapping. You just keep going deeper and deeper. And, <laughs> and then he pulled, there's a string oh, that he pulls oh. forever. Oh my god, I love this. And I've already seen this online and I wanted it. Um, I love it so much. Okay, so it is a baby Yoda holding a house plant, which is my two favorite things Aww. in the world. Um, and uh it literally wanted this and asked for it for Christmas and did not receive it. So thank you, whoever <laughs> got this for me. It could be any of you. Oh, thank you, Kaylin. Did I? Was I talking about this drunkenly one time, just ranting? No, 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 no. I just, I just started looking. So, so funny story. I have gotten Ryan now four years in a row for Super Santa, and every time I have gotten him everything Dazzler related at this point, or even Boom Boom related. I'm like, no more, no mas. I can't get him anything else. So I was like, he likes Star Wars. I was not thinking it was you, honestly. This is so cute. Thank you. Oh my god! And so it's holding the cup. Like, you know, like in the Mandalorian, like he's drinking it and the bone broth everyone, but it's, there's a plant. Yeah. We'll I put, everyone will put photos on our Instagram featuring all of these wonderful. Yes, I love and it. We'll all, and, and of course we'll tag our home addresses as well. <laughs> <laughs> Social security right. numbers, dates of birth, mother's maiden names. Don't forget yeah. those. For all name right. of our first pet. All right, Adam. Okay. So I have a giant box. That I, yeah, you do. Vicky <laughs> <laughs> and Kiana. It's wrapped in a night. It's actually a nice bag. I'll keep this for my own gifts. 
Adam, your your Zoom makes it look really blurry, so we can't see anything that's happening. Uh, is it too sexy closer. for this Zoom? I know. Uh, I'm trying to get this ribbon off. I was hoping that it would just be immediately displayed when I opened the glass. <laughs> what color is the ribbon? It's it's cerulean. <laughs> it's all green. Oh, oh very cool. Good. I didn't know this existed. It's an what is it? On, it's an Attack on Titan game, board game. This is amazing. So what this board is, game? Attack on Titan, the uh, oh, manga okay. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like had no idea it even had like a board game. It looks cool. This is very exciting. A, a game by Antoine Baza, as I know him in the world. Of, I don't know anything about this person, but this is very <laughs> neat. Um, okay, I, it was me who got it because yeah. I'm the only one that knows you like Attack on I Titan. I figured, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it combines all your loves of anime, human flesh, and board games. So I was like, you're going you're gonna to love that. Um, also, I've been looking for that for like a long time for you because apparently it's a really cool board game and you like go up a Titan to kill it. It yeah. looks really cool. Well, and it's made by uh, Cryptozoic does like a ton of good board game stuff. So I'm very excited to play it. We're going to obviously watch the final, final, final season later this year and we could end with a, with a board game play. Thank you. Ooh, yeah. I, uh, I think the uh, best part of that game is that it only takes eight hours to explain how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, Adam I'm, will explain it incorrectly. I'm and he will leave out details. No, I'm but it's really good, guys. Up. I promise it's really good. I'm already cracking up because it's like it takes 30 minutes to play. And I was like, fuck that shit. Every game takes at least two hours to play. It no probably way. takes four hours the first time. And also, Attack on Titan is the most complicated thing in the world. So how is the game gonna simplify <laughs> that shit, honestly? Yes. That looks so cool. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. All right. My turn. All right, I Wait, got no, Brett. What? Your your gift was supposed to be emailed to you. Did you not Wait, get really? it? Yes. Are you just like opening your groceries from I Hello Fresh? So. I should have let you do that. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know what's in the bag. I got an what's email. In, wait, what is in the bag? What's this reveal? Surprise? Yeah. What, well, well, hold on, hold on. What? Hold on, Adam. What would be? What would it be under? Did I send it? Uh, I always fuck up your email. I wonder if I sent it to nobody. I literally <laughs> sent it. I sent over the Homo Superior email account. I thought you got it. Otherwise, you would have, like, I, I forgot that you had that thing. Let me just send it. You did you send it to Homo <laughs> Superior or did you send it to me? No, I sent it to your actual email. Okay. Brent, Brent, you open that fucking package right now. I want to see no, it. Oh, I do this every time. I do this every time I send it to your, I send it to Brent.Budkerite, not B. Budkerite. Well, he's gonna love you. that gift. Let's see what you got him. Open it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but then we'll see. I want to know what's in the bag, and I'll send you both things right. in order so you can open them. Oh what my god! A, what is it's that? a white tube? That's oh, no. an ankle sock. Ooh. <laughs> you got him! You I got him! I'm not realizing that. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. I'm so glad that you. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm laughing so much. Let's find out what's in the other package. Okay. Ooh, this is exciting. Okay. Dental dams. Oh, yeah, that's right. And would you believe that it's more ankle socks? (laughs) Oh, my God. I legit thought I was like the sneakiest person in the world because everyone was like, did you get your gifts? And everyone's like, yes. And then luckily, Brett, you hadn't gotten yours. And I just faked. I mean, I didn't know it wasn't actually here. It may not have been here yet. And I was like, yeah, me neither. And then I was like, oh, I can send it from the homo superior email address. Hey, dude, do you want to say what it was? 
Adam, you said sneakiest, but you mispronounced stupidest. So. <laughs> okay, well, now it should be in your inbox with a link okay. to the Google Drive. Okay. Well, Dear oh, it's a listeners. virus that deletes my, all my files. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's me as a Gravity COVID-19 Falls character. You as a what character? I think it's Gravity Falls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got Got you uh, it's either it's either me or Charlie Hunnam. Uh, <laughs> I'll be it. honest. I had a couple of revisions with the person, and then I just had to cut my losses. But I think it is cute. I know it doesn't look exactly. <laughs> which which character which which oh, character no, is it, Brent? No, no, no. Uh, he's just me. like it's, it's just him. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh okay. Well, let's yeah. not shout out the artist. That's for sure. <laughs> it was like it's just it's like an online it's an online service. We don't we won't be. It's good. I mean, it's good art. It's just not. It was, no, the best part about it, I actually tell the full story. The best part about it is I tried to find, I just took your profile photos, Brent, and the first one, and I'll send that one to you too so you can see it, or maybe I can't access it anymore, but it probably just has watermarks. Uh, you looked so angry. <laughs> because like your photo, all your profile photos are just sort of you like, eh, like just half smiling. You like always look a little bit smug. And so I had to be like, you know, I think Gravity Fall characters usually have like bigger eyes and they're usually happier. And like, I think I might have sent you the wrong photos of my friend because he's usually a pretty fun person. So could you like turn this into more of a Gravity Falls thing? He, he just uh, photographs like an ogre. Oh, <laughs> that's not Brent. <laughs> Wait, I, oh, but okay. that's so not it's, you. It's some it's some blonde guy who. Yeah. Uh, clearly has an unblinking stare um, and a fake smile like he's trying to remember where he recognizes you from. Uh, he's also dressed like Ryan Kroll. Totally. Um, that is my outfit. It's the sweaters and the uh, non-jean pants. I, I think that's my boyfriend Chase, actually. I think that's Chase. <laughs> I want to know where the real girl is, Lars. That's who that is. <laughs> 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 I think I'm gonna just stick with making people uh, BoJack Horseman characters because that was the probably the one of which I would happily promote that artist because he's done multiple things and they're all I think they're on Fiverr both. Uh, there were like two options and I was kicking myself because I think I might have picked the wrong vendor on Fiverr. For well, no, Adam, this is great. Uh, I love being a character from the Great North mm-hmm. or uh, <laughs> one of the one of the rejected characters from The Simpsons. Oh my um, gosh. You look so Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the like, three fingers. <laughs> he looks like the guy who's trying to like make you ignore the fact that his friend is murdering some girl near you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, that Don't is worry. Brent then. He, you really did capture that. He captured the spirit of Brent then. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize that my uh, photos all conveyed a sense of like smugness or rage. I, I was like- going for like deep rooted depression. Yeah, you like- should, it is. No, I mean, some of them you're, like, you really don't, there's very few where you're really, like, a Gravity Falls character. And not that the guy was going to do it well anyway, but I was like, okay, I can see why this person made such a drab original revision, and that's the, that's the editing. I like the title was Full Body of Gift Beard. <laughs> <laughs> if you gift beard a is, horse. Is it more than that? I forgot. There might be another word there. No, full body of, of GF beard hair. I should have, you know what's so funny too, as I even think I tried I mean, to think about getting this for your birthday last year. And then I did look up the vendor and I was like, ah, uh, these don't look that good. 
<laughs> you just forgot that you were going to give him crap last year? No, I, I don't know. Something was just up. I, you know, hopefully you appreciate the thought put in. <laughs> oh, no, I like it. It's funny. Yeah, Kayla. I love it. Uh, I was going to say, I, I think we, okay, I'm going to get like kind of sappy. I think we're, um, we all did a really nice job of picking gifts that all of us would really love. Um, ankle socks, especially. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, those are mine too. I sent those yeah. too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to say um, it's been a pleasure the last four years. Uh, I remember when we all got together at Trade, uh, which is a gay bar in DC for those who don't know. Um, and just having drinks on a Sunday and we just started talking about, Hey, we should do a podcast. We had no idea if it was going to last four months, four weeks, four days, but we've come in lots of four years and, uh, it's been 185 episodes, regular episodes, not to mention all of our extra episodes, our class X episodes, our secret records. Uh, the fact that like, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff on Insta and, and then a YouTube channel that we're creating, uh, as well as a website. So, uh, it's just been an awesome you know, experience with all five, all five of us, all four of you. So I'll just say that. Mm, I appreciate oh, that. Good I, I'm personally very proud that we managed to go from about eight listeners our first year to about 12 listeners. Seven yeah. listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was only adding them. I forgot we had to remake, yeah. like remove all the ones that stopped listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When we went from 12 to 11 listeners because one of them died, that was a sad day. <laughs> that was tough. We'll miss you, Jersey. Jersey. Uh, that was because I stopped listening. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we got five listens from uh, just us listening to the podcast. I, no. uh, but on the topic of listeners, uh, we also want to give a thank you to ours. Um, you know, we've been able to grow a little bit of an audience over the past four years. And we really appreciate you guys sticking around with us, especially after... Our, uh, especially through our initial poor audio quality, then through what I call the golden months. And then uh, now again, uh, when we have to record over Zoom, um, of course we would do this if you weren't listening, but we're really happy that you do listen. Uh, and we just love your support. Thank you. All right, let's move on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, well, it's episode five, and them Falcon and Winter Soldier boys are back for a good old I mean, Biden boat bill. Okay. <laughs> what? Stop your country bullshit. <laughs> Never mind. We don't have to do make Mike Clark's got something that you ignored. Uh, your Clark's got something was for a uh, sword, right? No, no, I told you this would take all of one minute, you jerk. All we're right, still Clark. four years later, we're still <laughs> and now, a well, and now, well that I forced, and now that I forced this to happen, it is so stupid and a waste of time. Anyways. No, 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 no. You interrupted. <laughs> we're doing it. What's your we're favorite doing fruit? It. What's your favorite fruit, everyone? Oh, God. Uh, uh, orange for me. Um, uh, blueberries. Strawberries. That's peak, peak of the fruit. Strawberries, probably. All right, what's your favorite electrical appliance? I guess uh, a toaster. Uh, my phone? That's uh, a good one. Oh. PS5. Mm, my Switch? So. Oh, turntable, turntable. Those turn are table. the gifts I'm not giving you for our fourth anniversary, like I'm supposed to. Fruit and electrical appliances. 
done. Perfect. That's all it was. So anyway, oh no, I wanted here. a strawberry toaster. Please yeah, well, country bullshit. Yeah, you're going to be cursed to being murdered by a strawberry toaster. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was my stripper name. <laughs> Blueberry PS5 coming to the stage for you. Uh, okay, should I even do the voice now? Because it's like. All right, here we go. Uh, three. Do, let's do, be positive, guys. All right, on, three. Okay, check it out. It. Check it out. Three, yeah. two, one, Brent. Well, it's episode five, and them <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier boys are back for a good old Bayou boat building. Golly, if they don't find themselves a new friendship. All right. So, in this episode, we got some oh Civil War style wrestling. We got uh, John Walker, Sam, and Bucky fighting. Uh, we hear more of Isaiah Bradley's story, and we're introduced to the Contessa Valentina Robusta de Mayork Clarenton, played by the incredible Julia Louis-Dreyfus Allegra de Fontaine. All right. This episode had a lot. It was the longest by far. Uh, and I think it went full 90s action movie with the Southern rock guitar and men bonding over construction projects. Um Oof. Oh. Did any of this get distracting for anyone? And what do you guys think of the development of Sam and Bucky's relationship in this episode and so far? Adam. I really like this show so much and I love a good homage. We saw them throughout WandaVision. This was a bad homage and I really didn't. The only thing I really uh, that kind of hurt me the most is just the musical choice. I thought the whole development was great. The acting was fun. The, it's like it all worked for me, except for the fact that I like felt like we were watching. Like I think I was saying, even like the main theme in this episode, which I know is the main theme of the show, almost became for me this like bad law, like Southern law and order. And I just like hate that it took me out of it so much, even though the content was great. I'm like, I don't know who let all that music get approved because it sounded like it was like, fucking like free license shit you'd find for like a show you have no money for. Um, so, but again, the development of their friendship was awesome. I really liked the way they left everything. I thought they were really good. They always have good chemistry together as actors, but yeah, it was a real uh, dud for me. Um, Kalen. You know, so I rewatched the episode last night and I was almost thinking about fast forwarding that whole sequence. Um, but I actually liked it a lot more on second viewing. Uh, like I tuned out, the music was not great to your point, Adam, um, but it kind of fit like for the location in a weird yeah. way, but it's their chemistry that makes it work. Like I smiled when Bucky was flirting with Sam's sister. Like, I just thought yeah. that was really adorable. Um, I like that, like, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of like nineties, like male bonding thing that I actually expected a lot more in this show. Like I even like made a joke, I think on our Slack channel about like Sam going, I'm getting too old for this. And Bucky going, I'm 104 years old. What are you talking about? You know, like, uh, like, like an homage of a lethal weapon movie. So it was, it was uh, limited uh, in that regard. And so I didn't really mind it. Um, I thought it was okay. I, I liked the, the momentum of the plot slowed down enough to do some character stuff that I think the show needed. Mm -hmm. Clark? Did you like that character moment where now Bucky may not be gay because like there was some weird flirtation between he and Sam's sister? No. Well, he also had a date on the first episode with the woman at the sushi bar. Yeah, but this one is like even more like based on plot instead of just there's some lady. Yeah, but he yeah. could be bisexual or pansexual. We, we shouldn't, we should leave the door open. And that's, yeah. we need more of that. 
that's mean, my fantasy. I'm just gonna live that. I don't know. I think a lot of gays, uh, you know, still flirt with uh, straight women uh, just for like the fun. Uh, I don't know. They they didn't okay. they kind of Are say you that you know watch like watch further just because everyone was talking about his sexuality and I don't know if this was the watch further we have to get to and if it is well, I think it is I think it is he's like I think because they released a statement because everyone was like he's bisexual he like dates men online and no I think that's <laughs> that because the internet cray you know that but like I think that was it but Tiger part of, the part of the flirtation though was I think just to annoy Sam it's oh, yeah, like he yeah. knew that's yeah. like it's like it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Yeah, it's just to tease his new boyfriend Sam, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've all we've all uh, talked to women and you know had fun banter because we knew it was safe and it's it's fun. Don't don't I don't want any judgment from you people. Okay, so uh, in this episode we got our first look at uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character Val. Um, she appeared when uh, uh, John Walker had just been stripped of his title as Captain America. Um, she was supposed to make her first appearance in the Black Widow movie. What did you guys think of the appearance? And for John Walker, uh, where do you see them taking his character at this point? And is there, is there any way to keep him from just being a straight villain? Taylor. Um, I'll actually let Ryan go first. He had his hand up. Oh, thank you. Um, I shit a brick. I was freaking out. I was screaming. <laughs> My neighbor knocked on the wall and he said, shut up. Um, it. I was freaking out. I was not expecting that. They did say, I, I know that a couple of things came out where it's like, you're going to get a big cameo from some extinct, distinguished actor or something like that. So everyone was just thinking it was going to be a cameo of a previous existing Marvel character. I fucking love this. This is so good. Is is it all going to lead to her being Nick Fury, big bad version? Yes, but are we mad? <laughs> Not really. And if U.S. Agent is just a straight up villain, let's be honest, he had rage rage issues before, so I'm okay with it. So fuck off, U.S. Agent. Um, I I really like how they're taking his character and turning him, even the person that plays him as an actor. It, all the comments they say like online are just like yeah he loves it he's really great at this job like i'm like okay, <laughs> it's just hate us him more good work disney and your create creative crazy people kaylin what do you think yeah no i i flipped out too obviously julia louis dreyfus is i think one of the great comic actresses of our time um her scene was absolutely perfect the banter her solo banter was great like she didn't even need them right. to talk but yes, she is definitely going to be the dark mirror of Nick Fury and a funnier version of Nick Fury, even though I think Samuel Jackson has wonderful comedic timing. And her group of Avengers or whatever they end up calling themselves will not be straight up evil. I think they'll just be morally gray because as Brent mentioned, um, she was supposed to appear in Black Widow. So, you know, that's going to happen this summer. Uh, that means that Yelena is going to be another recruit of hers. Um, and so she's getting people who are the kind of the darker versions of the existing Avengers uh, from phases one to three, but they're not necessarily evil the way that we think about it. They're ones who will do anything to, uh, you know, justify, uh, they'll, they'll do anything to justify their ends. Clark? Um, 
I mean, I, I, I literally, as soon as I saw that, I had to pause the show and then go, this is probably like a seven in the morning or something and go on uh, Slack and immediately say I'm screaming and then just go back. <laughs> <to it. laughs> yeah. Because it was, yeah, it was amazing. Anyways. Um, I mean, I've, I've, as you all said, she's fabulous. We'll talk about the card later, but the only thing I didn't like was the blue stripe in her hair. It looks like shit. And yes. the character doesn't have that. So why the fuck do you have that? She has a yeah. white strip. At least the white would be in. It looks dumb. It looks fucking would, dumb. It would almost like make sense if it was green. But like, she's why? like a manic panic idiot from, I don't know. Yeah. 1987. Fucking dumb. Brent. I did not notice a blue stripe at all, uh, even after a second viewing. So that, I guess, counts against me. But the thing I really love about it is how it highlights the importance of... Uh, really good casting because mm -hmm. she was on screen for all of 30 seconds and has now solidified herself as one of the highlights of this entire series. <laughs> Just so much charisma, so much humor, and so much of a sense of like true kind of like villainy or power behind her. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a really well done uh, scene and I'm so excited for her. Uh, Clark. Um, as opposed to you, Ron, I, I think they are still doing a good enough job with keeping um, John Walker on some sort of gray level. The fact that he meets up with Battlestar's parents and mm -hmm. says he killed the person responsible, you know, he's not like, you know, he's trying to, you know, make them not like not happy or anything, but, you know, try not to make them horribly miserable that their son's murderer is still at large. Um and I think his relationship with his wife is obviously humanizing as hell, especially the fact that Valentina uh, literally comments on that fact when they're together and totally mm -hmm. ignores her at the same time that she's I'm sure that wife her. will be fine. Nothing will happen to her. No, no, no. no. We just need to kill a few more people for him. Um, <laughs> Kalen has two fingers. Um, well, one, he lied <laughs> to, to uh, uh, Lamar's parents about who killed him because it was not oh, yeah. the guy that he killed. So there is a little bit of there. But yeah, I mean, he clearly still thinks of himself as a good guy. Like, it, I think the opening scene when he's running away and when Bucky and Sam go after him and they're having that conversation and he starts off by saying, you guys look like shit. Y'all need to go take care of yourselves. And then they're like, "We, you got to turn yourself in. We can't let you take the shield. And they try to have that conversation and it become, ends up becoming one of the most brutal fight scenes we've seen in any marvel property whatsoever so it's not like he's 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 not so far gone that he is going to turn into like the red skull or um thanos or anybody like that i just think he's he will still be in that gray area but that sometimes you know as we've talked about on this podcast before those are some of the most dangerous villains ever or dangerous antagonists adam I was going to say, I think that's also the balancing act and they're trying it with Carly as well, right? I think by creating both these on paper force of good, force of quote unquote bad or I guess evil, like I know they're not really doing it super well, but I think just even discussing this about watching where John Walker's going, I thought his scene, particularly in the courtroom, was very well done because obviously this show has a lot to do with veteran issues. I'm not anywhere near overall veteran issues. So I don't want to claim that the show does an amazing job of it or what have you, but I do think that it's trying to speak to many of those kind of experiences that people seem to have and communicate about and tell stories about. Um, but I know we've also kind of been up and down on the Flag Smashers, particularly Carly, because she generally Disney has a problem or Marvel has a problem with always like, they have to always flip the bad person to be really bad. 
But at least in this case, I think both there is this morally gray and sort of just like, well, maybe you're both the assholes experiences that are happening. I don't know exactly how I feel about it. I'm really going to be interested to see how they handle everything in the sixth episode. But I do think it lends itself to uh, I just even discussing this right now on the podcast. I think I'm starting to appreciate more that like Carly's intents are great, but her actions are also bad, just like John Walker's are. And I think it's a it's actually a more clear takeaway which is where Bucky and and Steve, uh, Sam fall in the middle of this kind of thing and are trying to help both people just not jump off a cliff. And that's effectively what they're both doing. And I wonder if that'll just end in cataclysm for both of them, which I think would be very respectable of the story and like a good ending. But I'm, I'm really excited for next week. But, I, you know, I have to say is I'm really happy for this podcast because I was like, oh, that is a fun connection. I really like that. And I think they're doing a good job of it thinking about it that way. Clark? Um, one thing, we're just tying the two things we we're just talking about up. The fact that Val is as we were saying going to make a team of great characters and he's going to be on that great character team means he's probably not going to be the main villain at the end of this right. show um number two quickly is that um now that uh whatchamacallit the flag masters are joining up with batrock obviously they're going to be the villains at the end because yeah. now they're putting people that are murderers together and brent had his hand up for hours <laughs> so uh one thing i do like a lot about the moral thread that they can um you know kind of keep for john walker is this kind of sense of him uh not really fully ever seeing the big picture because when he's in the military he believes that if he follows the rules does the right thing does his job that will be good enough and then he gets into a scenario where what's much more important is having a moral compass and being a good person and trying to think through scenarios and just blindly following government rules uh, will will uh, get you all gummed up in the works because they will change the rules on you whenever they want. The rules for them do not matter. <clears throat> and so I think it'll be very interesting to see how he, you know, that character is developed further later when he is put in more moral gray areas and he still doesn't get the game he's playing, but thinks he's a good player within it. Kayla? <clears throat> so I got two questions for y'all. One, is there only one U.S. senator in the entire Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe? Because yeah. he was there at, you know, when the shield went to the museum, he unveiled John Walker, he was there at the hearing, and then he was there at the GRC meeting. This yeah. guy is a very busy man, so I guess he's earning a salary. That's question one. Question two, we saw Sharon uh, recruit Batrock again, I, I'm assuming again, but definitely recruiting Batrock to go and work with the Flag Smashers. Is mm -hmm. this are they now establishing that she is truly a black hat in the Marvels uh, in the MCU now? I that, yeah, well, I was just, I was going to quickly say I think it's actually to the point of obviously John Walker is going to end up kind of in a gray zone. I actually think they'll even because one of the things that hasn't been completed is the power broker coming after Carly and the rest of the Flag Smashers. So I do wonder is it going to be this? everyone's going to turn into fighting the power broker. Um, yes. Cause like, yeah, I mean like, yes, how does. else do you save to like, to this whole point of how do you choose the gray areas? How do you, you find this ultra villain, right? And it, I guess if it's going to be Sharon, it, like it's going to be cool. But I feel like after having her in one episode, they've done so little that I'm kind of like, please don't also ruin, don't a character assassinate Sharon Carter. Like she, <laughs> I make her more a gray character too. Like, I just hope they live in a gray. Like I want everybody to live and I want them to have to deal with the choices that they make as opposed to like finding an easy villain to close the series out because 
and we haven't talked about Isaiah Bradley's story, which I think we want to get to, but like, that's also very, I mean, not really great. It's very bad for Isaiah and his journey. And obviously many people in real life uh, in America's history, but it's just sort of like, we all have to walk away feeling like morally ambiguous. That's the whole point of the show should be, and it shouldn't be a clear, this person good, this person bad sort of thing. So uh, Brent. Yeah, I think, uh, so one thing we do know is, uh, Sharon said, uh, you know, this time when talking to Batrock, so we know she's hired him before. Um, and I believe that because it's double, it's for both the Winter Soldier and Falcon. But um, the thing that kind of makes me feel like, uh... okay, she's... <laughs> the thing that makes me feel like she's definitely the power broker is how much time as a percentage of her scene they focused on the art around her and the whole point of like these arts, some of these arts are fake and you'd never know. It's like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe Sharon Carter's not the good person we thought she was, but we wouldn't know. Uh, so I think she's the bar broker. I don't, I don't think there's any other way around it. Caitlin. Who else could it be? Yeah. Well, I just, I, I do think that they're still going to reveal who the actual power broker is in the uh, final episode by the time right. this episode drops. We'll see it and it'll probably end up being in a post-credit sequence where like Sharon is an agent of the power broker. It's not actually her. She's just doing stuff on his or her behalf or their I behalf. I prefer that. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So yeah. uh, we also got um, Isaiah Brad, more of Isaiah Bradley. Um, he told Sam his backstory and why he doesn't want to reveal it to the world. He also admonished Sam that this country wouldn't accept a black Captain America and even if it did, no self-respecting Black man would take the position. So obviously, we're not going to opine on what it means to be Black in America. But what do you guys make of the show offering this perspective? And, you know, kind of given that Sam is structurally has to take the position of Captain America, can this possibly be a point well taken? Caitlin. Um, I love this scene so much. I think it's probably one of the most powerful scenes the show has ever done and maybe one of the most powerful scenes in any Marvel movie ever, including uh, Black Panther, which is one of my favorites. But um, I think what I liked about it so much was when Isaiah was recounting the story of him going after his brothers, his brothers in arms, and then he was rewarded, quote unquote, by being experimented on for 30 years in prison. And it was such a interesting parallel to what Steve Rogers did in the first Captain America movie, where he goes into uh, Axis territory to uh, uh, free the Howling Commandos. And as a result, is seen as a hero. Like he is, you know, like uh, a major like uh, fighter for the allies. Um, you know, it just showed like the, uh, the double standard and hypocrisy of being a white American versus being a black American. And, you know, obviously I can't, me not being African-American, I can't really comment on the black experience in America, but there is something to be said about somebody who is uh, an older part of a multicultural community telling a younger person saying they'll never accept you because I was never accepted. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's, it's not right or wrong. It's just that person's experience. And like, you know, it's like, like, it's like my parents talking to me, like when they came to the United States as adults, and I was just a little kid. It's like, this is what you're going to face. You know, this is the kind of racism that you'll face as, you know, somebody who's brown. Um, you know, and I think that happens a lot. And that's why, like, I'm like, I got kind of emotional during that scene. Um, I, I think it was just so heartfelt and so smart at the same time. It's so good. Yeah, I think that one thing that I found very interesting was the contrast um, 
with the scene where Bucky and Sam are talking and Sam is trying to tell Bucky that he needs, he can't just uh, feel bad, that part of his process of growth and change has to be doing the work. And the thing I think that is a kind of interesting contrast is, you know, for someone like Sam, who is going to be Captain America, you know, threading the line of how he personally can say like, I'm doing this, I'm not letting what other people tell me I should be define who I'm going to be. Um, and that Isaiah Bradley, you know, he has this perspective, they're going to define you how they want to define you. And you'd be a fool to think that you can escape that system. And I think there's a lot of, you know, kind of truth in that, um, especially the point he made about, you know, if he, if he came out as being a Captain America, he would be dead the next day. Um, so for Sam, I think, you know, and maybe the show in general, it'll be interesting to see in the final episode how much they embrace this idea that, you know, you've got to maintain some form of individualism in order to like really solidify your own identity. Um, well, so um, let's go to our gay question of the week. Um, <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Yes, uh, Val gave a business card with nothing on it to John Walker's wife. Uh, what's your dramatic gay way of telling people to mind their own damn business in a conversation? Mine is not shaking the person's hand and just looking straight forward. <laughs> <clears throat> Mine is never saying the correct time of day when I talk to them. So I'm like, oh, good night. It's like 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Unique. Okay. Yeah. Mine, is, mine, is call, mine is calling them by a wrong name. Thanks, Steve. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, name is, my name is David. Yeah, that's what I said, Steve. <laughs> uh, mine is just simply talking over people, but I do that in every conversation. <laughs> Um, I, I've got a few. One of them is like just my general resting bitch face and just not, you know, reacting to anything they do or say. Um, mm -hmm. I don't go to bars much anymore, but the last couple of times when I did, well, I mean, number one, people are just dicks and I got body checked and blah, blah, blah. But I, I've, I've inadvertently realized I'm, I've been saying, who the fuck are you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened like five times. But you're times. like saying I'm, it to the bar the bartender. They're just like, can, hey, I, can I get you a drink? Who the fuck Give me a drink. Who the, who the fuck is this but, fucking guy? I mean, I've only been to what gay bars maybe like five times in the last two and a half years, and so been a good who the fuck are you in there? Yeah. And then there was uh, there's some times where someone will try to hug me, and I I was joking one time and I, at town, and I just shook my head and like did a weird face, and he thought I was like serious, so he never wanted to talk to me again, and I hated him. I don't remember his name, Paul something. <laughs> And so I was kind of happy. That so, so he was right to not want that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, our joke worked out. So, so you yeah. were serious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I stabbed I this guy rude. in the chest. I stabbed this guy in the chest and he thought, maybe this guy doesn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, he was a jerk, straight up. Uh, uh, all right. Paul well, is a jerk. Whoever Paul is. In other gay... Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier news. It's not really news, but uh, fans found out that uh, Aaron Kellyman, who plays uh, Carly Morgenthau, is queer. Uh, so it's not, I mean, congratulations on being out, happy, and having a great girlfriend. Um, so the like last... Oh, I love her. Sorry, I just love her a lot. And um, I feel like she's going to be in so much more now, too. Oh, totally. She's a good actress. Well, she, oh, she, I mean, she, Star she Wars was in Star Wars, and, of course. And MCU, yeah. 
Yeah, she's going to like kill it in the future, I feel like. Yeah. Disney agreed. Princess. <laughs> Get that trend from it. So, uh, lastly, um, it looks like in all likelihood, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will, well, not in all likelihood, there's a very good chance that Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be getting subsequent seasons, which is very exciting. Uh, and again, you can check out our review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out next Thursday. Kalen, do you have something? No, you said it. All right. Uh, Kalen, let's go to some of those issues. All right. So we are talking about three comics this week, all in the Reign of X universe. Uh, first up, it's the first issue of Way of X, uh, which is a, the long-awaited uh, spotlight title for Nightcrawler. So in the issue, uh, Nightcrawler uh, struggles to find his place in the Eden known as Krakoa, and you wish he hadn't told everybody that he wanted to start a mutant religion because they keep asking him about it. Meanwhile, Orcus is trying to influence the world through culture and religion. Exodus scares the kids with tales of one division, I mean Scarlet Witch. Uh, Dr. Nemesis is the expert on everything except ethics, and Magneto can't take a joke. And we find out pretty quickly that the patchwork man and all the kids in Krakoa are talking about uh, is in fact Omega Mutant and Charles Xavier's estranged son, Legion. So starting off with our first question, what'd y'all think? Brett? Um, so I, of course, like this a lot. Um, I think that for two, one, one major character reason, which is I love that uh, Nightcrawler said, I want to start a religion. And then just like the rest of us, he's procrastinating. Uh, <laughs> it's a very, it's a very mortal-ish thing to do. Um, but one character thing I didn't love was Magneto was such a dramatic queen about <laughs> everything. And I really thought he would have benefited from having a slight sense of humor about the whole um, bringing up the statue thing. Uh, maybe a little bit at the beginning and then becoming a serious, you know, kind of macabre uh, cape-wearing bitch, right? <laughs> um, before Clark wants to shit on Magneto's characterization in this. Oh, you don't? Oh, great. Um, uh, <laughs> I thought you didn't like it. Um, I, I, first of all, the, the beginning of the issue is just so sexual with Professor Xavier. He's sweating <laughs> and that like the wake up thing. But there was so much foreshadowing, and maybe it's just me reading too many comics over the years, but I was like, they were alluding to a, a mutant, at an Omega-level mutant, and Professor Xavier is the other starring role in this issue. So, like, I was like, it has to be Legion. Mm -hmm. At one point, he longingly and foreshadowingly looks at a picture of Le <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like <laughs> it, it, it's pretty obvious. So, I... I wasn't too shocked by the end of it. But um, with that all said, I, I really do like it. Uh, I kind of like the way they paint uh, some of the younger mutants and how they can be sort of fucked up, like get shot in the head with a shotgun and stuff, you know? Uh, I, 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 really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and they also coined the term, don't be such a Wanda, which I like. <laughs> don't be such a Wanda. I thought that was fun. DJ, DJ is so good. Kalen. Yeah, um, I really liked it as well. Although um, I'm going to talk a little bit about like, I think some, there could be some potential pitfalls to the book. What I would, I do like about it is I just thought about this now is all the Dawn of X and Reign of X books, uh, almost all the leads have like, everybody has a sort of a sense of bravado to a certain degree. Like they feel very sure about their mission, whether it's Marauders, with Emma and Kate, um, the Hellions with Mr. Sinister and 
you know, and various others, um, hell, even X Factor to a certain degree, uh, having a, a main character that has a lot of doubt, I think is a refreshing change of pace uh, with all the other, the other sort of books out there. And like, he's not really sure about uh, the various parts of Krakoan culture, the way that the kids, even though they've got their own like lingo, don't be such a Wanda, as you mentioned, Ryan, like how cavalier they were with the, the priests from Orcus about how they wanted to just like, you know, fuck with them. And he's like, you can't really do this. This is, you know, this is, this is wrong to a certain degree. Um, my issue, I will say, is I don't know how, how sustainable this book is. Uh, I think it's, it's got that kind of that problem that some of the other Xbox have currently. It's so niche right now. It's dealing with like establishing a culture uh, uh, or furthering a culture on Krakow and, and dealing with a culture uh, with Orcus. Um, but like, I don't know how you get an uh, like a, a ongoing series with that. Brent? Um, I do love the um, Nightcrawler's perspective of something feels wrong, but I can't specifically state why, um, because I think it's a common feeling a lot of us have um, just about general scenarios where we're not sure, like where there's not like an ethical hard rule. It just seems odd. The other thing I want to say is I really like the art, especially um, the, the patchwork man, the repeated image of him staring at, kind of angrily at the uh at the fourth wall um i think we should do a <laughs> caption contest because this is the exact same face i make when uh i order a side of fries and someone <laughs> starts taking them from me <laughs> or as that artist that uh, adam commissioned that's just what your face looks like and that's what he was trying to recreate <laughs> this, is, oh, this is also me that is a better I interpretation of your face friend um, uh, i didn't <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. Uh, so it's written by Cy Spurrier and it's illustrated by Bob Quinn. So uh, sorry for not mentioning that at the, at the start. Uh, Clark. Well, Adam, Adam, you had one thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was just going to make a quick point on what you mentioned, Caitlin, that I, I it's going to have to, I really like the, the conversation that's happening in the book. I thought it's a great philosophical, especially like they've really turned up the heat on what this means to be this like undying utopia. But I, I, I do wonder, like, what, how they're going to stick with, like, a cast and are the characters going to actually develop beyond Nightcrawler? Or is it just going to be kind of a means to an end of, like, a smaller sub-story? So I, I, I'm interested to see what happens more. I loved, I fucking love Dr. Nemesis. I'll talk more about it, but I want to get Clark to talk. Yeah, I was probably thinking, like, uh, this was a, to me, I wouldn't say perfectly fine. I was thinking perfectly good. Um, not grammar, but... Um, issue i should say i mean i i i don't know not really i don't know what's happening i just a bunch of shit is happening and i'm like okay this is all happening great um the other thing is that as adam's just pointing out not every single second the dr nemesis on screen page is an amazing moment he's got those fucking like wow. <laughs> lug mushrooms on his head and he's just ripping them off and giving them the poke. he is brilliant Getting people high I mean, from the very second this book even was announced, I think I was aware that since it's Cy Spurrier, he's going to be writing Legion because his <laughs> yeah. run on um, his X-Men Legacy Legion run was fucking magnificent. And I so love the last pages where he is at the grave of um, what blindfold. Ruth Stein, who's blindfold, which was yeah. just perfect. Because as soon as he saw that and I was like, oh, who's talking to him? Yep, it's going to be Legion. I mean, it was there are parts that are so well done. And then I don't, I 
I wasn't really concerned about the Nightcrawler stuff at all. Didn't love it. And the kids, uh, Pixie was written so absolutely wrong. It was strange. Yeah, it was, was out of character for I her. just read, um, I actually, at the, my comic shop randomly gave me the last Runaways issue, which stars her, like about to hook up with Nico, which is interesting. So now we've got a queer Pixie, which is good. But anyways, it just was fucking off as shit with her. Caleb. <laughs> so, um, I'll make one quick point and ask y'all one, one last question um, or two quick points, I, I should say. Uh, one, um, the Crucible, um, I just kind of thought about it. It is the most pure contribution that Apocalypse has made on Krakoa. It is literally about the survival of the fittest. Two, I really did like the parallels between Orcus and Krakoa about like how they're trying to not just, they're not just uh, you know using brute force to beat back the mutant influence, they're using culture to beat back the mutant influence. We saw that with the museum and their own, uh, like, you know, existing religions. But like, really quick question for all of you. What do you think ultimately uh, when Nightcrawler establishes this religion, because I think that's where this is going, like what will be one tenet that you would probably see? Ryan? I think the characters they already have. So the Legion will probably be one. Pixie will probably be one. Um, he's gonna convert the youth. I think it's gonna be his main focus. Um, to think about things differently and also by the end of it I think the reason why he's so sympathetic right now is because he is going to become a cult leader and I've been watching a lot of cults this is exactly <laughs> how it starts every single fucking time they start out so nice and so captivating and then they're crazy and then they go on a hand glider and die I've seen that in a couple different cults I feel like though be like part of the cult thing is that the leader you know has to have sex with like all the members and on Krakoa they can already fuck everyone whenever they want however they want it's a giant sex island um I think one of the one of the central tenets will focus on mortality and even if you can you know even if you can be res resurrected again and again you know, it's possible that this process will end or, you know, certain things have, you know, finite lives that we can't resurrect. And you've got to appreciate the, the there are some features of mortality that, you know, are, are limited. Adam? I do wonder if they'll do like a heavy focus on community aspect. Cause I did like the point that uh, I think it was Magneto was making the book, which is like, you have space, you have these gods and goddesses already. Like there's just so much in the 616 universe that already exists and it's just like you're still gonna label that there's just some other being that's kind of like doing some of this stuff so i almost not I'm, I'm certainly not to take away from people that obviously enjoy christianity and catholicism and things that really like it means things for them but i i hope they look at it as like you know it doesn't matter if you have what faith you have it's matter that you have faith in something and that's usually each other or good purpose good deeds like something to maybe bring it back around but you know i also don't want to take away a core tenant of what has been nightcrawler but it's one of those things that maybe there is a an opportunity for evolution on that character because obviously like there's there's very good people that believe in in religion and then there's you know obviously awful people that use it for different purposes so i just hope they like recenter how and why he thinks about his faith and why it's important and and kind of speak to a more progressive generation of people who have faith uh, kind of idea. Kalen? Uh, just going back to what Brent was saying about like, um, you know, uh, something life being finite, even though they have all these ways of being resurrected. I think there, you have a very good point because when he brings the cheese toasty to Pixie, um, 
you know, and she didn't remember that because when they brought her back, like she lost something. She lost those like final few hours or maybe the last couple of days before she died and got resurrected. And so dealing with like the time lost between death and resurrection, I think uh, could end up becoming a, a key part of this. So let's move on. Um, X-Force number 19 by Benjamin Percy and Gary Brown. Uh, Phoebe Cuckoo and Kid Omega bring Jean Grey back into the X-Force fold while they deal with heavy shit in the astral plane. Uh, and Jean sort of becomes a mentor uh, to Quentin Quire. Uh, what do you guys think about this issue? Ryan? The, the, this series is kind of getting boring for me. I'm not really loving it as much anymore. Uh, some of the characterization of Quire has been interesting. I, I kind of like that he's just basically become a lantern in terms of his powers. He just creates anything he kind of wants, and it's by his own will. And you're <laughs> like, okay, we, we get it. We get it. But his um, own green will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not really liking it that much anymore. I kind of like his relationship uh, that he has now, and it's sort of grounding him, and I think they needed that, especially because he was such a monster when he was first introduced. But, uh, yeah, meh for me. Clark? Adam's first, but I'll say quickly, I never thought I would say that I miss Beast, but the only good <laughs> thing about this whole series is Beast <laughs> being a hot piece of shit. And he's dead right now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now, now, Adam, you go. Yeah, no, it's I, I agree. I, this, this has been, or I wanted this to continue to be one of my favorite series of the books, and I feel like ever since they've kind of like, I really like what they're doing with Quentin Choir. I just wish it wasn't at the um, expense of telling a more team book because I feel like it's a lot about uh, choir and we're not getting as much narrative threads for other people. And like it works, it really was working best earlier when they were like all together going on missions. I did like the Gene and, and uh, Quentin conversation and relationship and, and obviously having Phoebe there as well. But I think the story is slowing down a lot to focus on the development. And I was thinking it was it was doing a good job enough of moving a story at a nice pace because uh, Zeno sounds very cool. And I'm like, OK, we're just we're focused on these like this offshoot of, of choir. But like we still have no real more information on Zeno, what they're going to do, what they want, their plans are. I'm having I'm getting good character development, but I just need a little bit more oomph and, and, and progression in the story. Um, so and I'm also not the biggest fan of the because the, the arts change and I, I think it's like good I think it's very stylistic it's just not a style that necessarily uh, resonates with me Brent yeah I think that there's something here that I like a lot which is you know the exploration of power and your particular power and what that means for you as a person and how you develop and so it seemed like it started to kind of move in that direction the thing that I think kind of held it back was this feels like a Quentin Choir from a little while ago. This was this was not even the same Quentin Choir from last issue. It's it, it is the very petulant, the very childish uh, form that I think kind of got tiresome for me. And so seeing this kind of you know reversion, it, it makes me concerned that the character isn't actually going to be really changing in the future. Kaylin. Uh, I'm 100% in agreement with Clark. We've been shitting on Beast in this whole book, but he's definitely the most interesting part of it because why this book has worked for me up to this point is dealing with the moral gray area of having uh, a, an intelligence uh, 
entity or black ops team uh, within, you know, for Krakoa. And like when they get away from that, um, you know, the ast- and plus astral plane stuff just kind of bores me. I've, I've decided I don't care anymore. I want to shoot shit in the real world. Um, it just the, the book gets less interesting. Clark. Why the fuck is Black Tom on this team? He's been like in three pages this entire series, and I, I don't know. It just seems and like one of them. He was getting kicked in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the entirety yeah. of what he did. <laughs> yep. Well, let's move on to Sword Number Five by Al uh, Ewing and oh. Valerio Shitty. Uh, Agent Brand helped expedite the Snark War. I'm sorry, the War of Succession for the Snark Empire. Fabian Cortez is resurrected while he's literally undressed by the Quiet Council and gets replaced on the six by Cora of Araco. And Jean Grey is nostalgic for the 90s for some reason. I'm going to quickly say, I'm going to let you guys do all your positive stuff. And everyone, the last Clark's got something was only a minute. This one is not going to be great. It's going to be longer and stressful. And don't (laughs) interrupt me because it is a, a lot. There's a lot of ideas that I think are smart, but who the fuck knows? I might be lunatic. Adam. Uh, I really like this issue mainly because Cora of Araco got added. We finally see someone from fucking Araco, which has been sitting around as a giant plot point with a ton of characters that could and should be used. And I just, you know, I enjoyed that introduction. I didn't get the costume change from Gene. I don't know if anybody <gasps> gave like, yes! the artist. Like, fucking fuck? retro dress is gone. Um, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm excited to hear what you have, Clark, in terms of like the history context to it. But I thought it was a good issue. It was well written. It was exciting. Uh, and Fabian Cortez is such a shithead. And I just I just enjoyed uh, watching it or reading it. Kalen? Um, yeah, for Jean, like, I don't know why she went back to that costume. I prefer the, the dress completely. But um, I will say the question uh, I have is <laughs> in one of the, the, info, the info pages, we saw, you know, the uh, uh, Krakoa in the Pacific, Krakoa in the Atlantic, and then we see something that's sort of re- like redacted or an image that we can't really see. Do we think that's supposed to be a Rocco or do we think that's going to be something else? Now that's Planet X, I'm assuming. Could be Planet X. I don't know. <laughs> Brent, you of all people should know which one it is. Yeah. We're not going <laughs> to redact something we already know about. Yeah. Ryan. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm so glad to see that stupid mini skirt leave. Um, how is she flying around all the time in that outfit? Like, <laughs> I, does she say, I don't know. Spanx. But She's got Spanx. Okay. A lot hey, of people wear Ryan, Spanx. I'm wearing them right now. But it proudly, does not mean I should be. You know what I mean? Proudly like a mutant. <laughs> I, okay. She needs an update. Everyone else got an update. She needs one. Um, with that all said, uh, I, I like seeing the appearance of Amelia. Uh, and sort of, sort of her interaction with Magneto, <laughs> just kind of. But uh, and then uh, seeing Legend of Korra when she j- when she just popped into <laughs> she just popped into that meeting, I was like, oh fuck yeah! Like we finally see some more Araco like people. Like we just yeah. completely forgot about it. I'm wondering if I mean the council just needs to have someone from Araco on there. Yeah. We've said this before, but it really needs to happen. And then, um, and then, yeah, and then sleep light, lightly, blob. <laughs> and I didn't mean to say that, but Brent, you're next. What? Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think I kind of like, I, I first was a little bit bored and annoyed by it, but 
I'm liking the snark war stuff a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because it feels like that episode of Rick and Morty with the snakes who discover time travel, that there's just all these reptiles murdering each other constantly uh, <laughs> for reasons I don't really care about. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I'll say is um, the inclusion of Peeper as just kind of like an advisor on the council, I just think is a, it's an interesting move. And to me, it's not clear if his voice could have been done by someone else, but I thought it was interesting hearing from an outsider in a in a setting where no one really is respecting Fabian Cortez uh, to the point that they're just like letting in any old person from the street to say whatever they want back to him. Caitlin? I'll just say really quickly about the snark war. Um, I love that because it's so complex that Agent Brand just becomes like Captain Sensible about it and says, yeah, I'm just dealing with this. I, I can't I can't let this go on anymore. I'm sorry. It's done. Uh, and I do think it's going to bring in, um, you know, like the what, it's not the United Planets, whatever the Galactic Alliance is called, uh, and the Guardians as well. But uh, I want to now turn it over to Clark. I think he's got <laughs> something or a few oh, things. <sighs> so I, when I right. first, read that issue, first read this issue, I met, messaged Kaylin and I was like, I didn't really like it because Fabian Cortez, blah, blah, blah. And then when I reread it, I didn't really want to. When I reread it, I was suddenly like, infuriated this morning with it and it's been festering my brain all day just to the point where it's just it's I had to write it all down and it's pissed me off so much um I don't really know where to start well number one I I don't quite know what Fabian Cortez did in since coming to um Krakoa that makes everyone hate him the entire thing everyone's supposed to have amnesty and they're totally fine with mystique being on the on the the quiet council even though she's murdered many more people than he has and she has raped as i found out earlier today three different x-men well saber two that one time was an x-men even though you know we don't really count it raped him that's how he she had great and creed was from a rape and then she raped um gambit and she raped um who else um iceman no she raped some other person and i don't know who it was phantom x anyways why the fuck is she on the team? She's literally at the Quiet Council there the entire time. But, you know, let's denigrate this guy who weirdly just saved all of us three issues ago. I like I, it was bizarre. Like he sunspots dying and he has like the tiny spark of life left. And so so Fabian Cortez, like uses his powers Sunfire. to increase his. What did I call What did I say? Sunspot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sunspot's more interesting. Um. Anyways, Sunfire. Yes. And he like uses his powers to cause Sunfire number one to be alive and number one to be able to shoot him through this fucking dragon that was going to kill him all. I don't quite understand what he did. That's when he decided he wanted to talk to, ask Medina to talk to council. And I'm like, I don't know. And then he dies immediately. So what the fuck did he do that caused them to do this? Number two, yeah, the fact that he wakes up and Sun Sunfire has had this huge like thing where he's shown to the the the, the fans and everyone's pleased as hell, and you know the whole concept of you know like you're naked when you're when you're being shown off to everybody and like you're exalting yourself and then weirdly there's one guy who's like his nudity is denigrated and mocked. It's like very like sexually molesty, almost. It's just disgusting in a very strange way that I found incredibly unappealing. 
and the fact that Peepers shows up, I despise Peepers in this. I'm going to hate him from every more, actually. Um, I actually loved him <laughs> for like 10 years when he was much shorter and weirder and, and mute. Suddenly he's like talking and being a dumb, boring person. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's like making fun of Cortez's nudity, all this weird stuff. And Cortez is trying to like cover himself. And I'm like, what is this? Like, why, why, why are they treating him like this? I mean, he was a shit, you know, before he died. He was a shit off of Krakoa. But half of these people were. Magneto is a fucking piece of shit a lot of the time. Obviously, I mentioned Mystique. Exodus sucks. A lot of these people suck. Why is he immediately going to be doing this? Um, number 3,000. Let's see what else. <laughs> what am I going through? Okay. Um, we're getting into the, like, the, the whole... Everyone put your fingers down because it's, it's going to be a bit. I'm going to keep being distracted by your hands and fingers. Um, the level of hypocrisy hypocrisy that we actually see purposely they show in this issue is fucking astounding the fact that he actually has valid points even though you know he's a little too interested in murder but he has valid points of the fact that humans should this this law should not be the case the law that no no mutant should kill a human is like the law except for the fact they're literally murdering snarks or whatever the fuck they're called at the exact same time literally they switch panels and a snark's getting like fucking shot in the head. They have killed sentient robots. They've killed like genetically enhanced people. They've killed robotically enhanced people. Those were humans. They just happen to have slightly like, like body modifications. Why are they all murdering all these people? But like a normal human is not. So who can we kill? Can we kill um, Baron Zemo? No, because he's a human, but we can kill Enchantress. But if we ever fight the Avengers, we can kill Thor, but can we kill Captain America? I don't know. He's kind of a post-human. He's got some genetic stuff, but like, I, I don't know what they're thinking at all. And this weirdly kind of soured me in like an annoying way, and I hope it, it won't. After I read other comics, I'll be happy again. But on this entire Krakoan thing is, and I don't, Cortez isn't my favorite character. He's an interesting character. I don't know why this is kind of straw that broke the camel's back kind of e. But to me, it kind of has. And I've been looking at Reddit and everything for a while. And a lot of people are like, these people are all like Nazi. Like they're talking about like overly doing the whole everyone's, you know, the, the they're just some weird, uh, yeah, inclusive piece of shit, you know, like apartheid state kind of thing. And I'm like, this is no, no, you guys are wrong. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, with I went to this one, I'm like, oh, no, I, I, I'm mildly agreeing with people. I, you know, I don't know. But it, it's getting very weird for me. Um, the other thing, and then I was so mad at so many characters, like Jean, like the Jean Grey was already, Jean Grey was the whole Sunfire thing I already talked about where, you know, let's exalt Sunfire's nudity, but you're just disgusting and blah, blah, blah. And you don't deserve to be shown to anybody and you should go to hell, even though you haven't done anything to us and you actually saved us. Um, the fact that Storm doesn't give three shits about the, this whole concept of, you know, let, yeah, let's put a pin in the fact that we maybe we should talk about all these laws, but we're having a fucking party. Let's deal with the party. It's like, are, are you some little flake? You're obviously not. You're fucking storm. This is not something you would do. Not something she would do at all. Professor X, who's like, you know, like, oh, that guy doesn't matter. He's a nobody. Literally, he just says nobody important. Jesus Christ. This is the first time someone has come up to you guys and talked about something fucking real in ages. That's not this fucking party or anything stupid. And like, he's just, it doesn't matter. It, it's, I don't know. I, it, as, as the quasi leader of the entire country, in a way, Professor Xavier, like, I, 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 your priorities are a little strange. Let's go see your ex-girlfriend for a little bit. 
Um, and then finally, um, one thing that I wanted to talk about um, was Magneto, who I fucking love. absolutely love Magneto. And he let me down so fucking hard, this issue. Um, it, it, the whole thing was, I mean, this was his whole plan from the beginning. And, you know, obviously in the real world, in the real world, sorry, before Krakoa, um, Cortez betrayed him 3,000 million times at the same time desperately wanting his acceptance. And as we see in the first two issues, that is the case in sort. Um, it got really weird when they got started talking about, you know, the trauma of being a mutant and mutant and humans hating each other and blah, blah, blah. And Magneto starts like getting mad about, you know, like you've suffered less trauma than me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are we, are we doing like a dick measuring trauma contest? Is this an acceptable thing? Like, I mean, me as me being Clark have gone through unnecessarily large amount of the trauma issues, but I'm not going to say, oh, you've been hit by your boyfriend one time. Well, let me hear, tell you all the stuff that's happened to me. No, it's fucking trauma. It's valid. Shut your goddamn out. It pissed me off so much. It was just, I mean, I already, I said something was disgusting last time we were on podcasts, but this time, like I was personally offended. It bothered the shit out of me. Uh, and the final point, I don't remember what it is now. Oh, oh, it was, um. Whenever you hear in the real world and in fiction, someone talking about their name and the fact that you can't take their name from them, it's always shown in a positive light. You know, like it, it's, you know, this is my power. This is my name. This is who I am. You can't take it away from me. The fact that Cortez is doing that. And then suddenly like, everyone's like, you're a piece of shit. Cause he's, you know I mean? He's a little gross when he says, you know, like, this is my name. And if anyone takes it from me, I'll murder them basically. But I mean, that's bad, but also it's in the same vein of people saying, you know, this is my name. If you, t it'll, if you take it, it's over my dead body. It's a more fucked up way of doing it, but it, it, it's kind of flies in the face of so much um, like identity politics that the X-Men are, you know, want to do all the time. It was very, very, I don't know. It was very strange to me. And I think that's all I have to say. I'm uh, sorry that was long and sorry uh, I was a little I still feel a little vomiting now just having gone said it all out loud but Kaylin please um well, Brent, calm me Brent, down you wanted to make no no, no um, I don't need to do anything to calm you down or anything like that. like I think you were um very passionate about what you said and I appreciated every word of it Brent I think you wanted to make a quick point yeah I um I think I'm more on the fence about this issue now <laughs> so, I, I think I like it more now. I actually enjoy it. More. <laughs> I, I actually Give me do. Sex integration, yes. So here's here's the thing. I, I told Clark this um, on over text. Uh, Sword is now my. It, it is my favorite book, uh, and I think even with Clark's um, you know well phrased criticisms, I still think it's my favorite uh, because of the writing and the art uh, being working right. so well for me. But. What I like about all of the Reign of X books is, uh, and we even saw it, you know, during Hawks and Pox, during the beginning of Dawn of X, is there are flaws in the society. There is hypocrisy in the society. Um, and mm -hmm. it's not just, it's not a Garden of Eden. Uh, and we clearly saw that in Way of X, where like Nightcrawler, who is probably the most moral of all of the X characters, sees problems in, in, in there. Uh, Magneto, we stand Magneto because we love him, but he is he has been a villain. Like he is going to make you know real problems, and I think the stuff they did was based on the fact that that uh, Eric Leshner wants to get back at Fabian Cortez. So all the stuff that's there 
it is supposed to make you have those emotions. So like Clark, I mean, I think you, you voiced it really well, like, but that is by design. I don't think it's there to show that Magneto was right. Uh, like the t-shirt and, and, you know, Fabian is wrong. It's like, we sh- we're supposed to feel like Fabian who has been a heel for most of his existence actually did something right. Uh, and is being basically being spat on by the council spat on by uh, the sword team being uh, removed from the six. But, and as I told you, I don't think he's out of the book. I think he's too interesting a character um, that like he'll stick around in some, 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 some form or another. Um, Clark, you want to make a really quick point and yeah, then we'll go to I mean, he, he's in the cover of the next book. So he's in his gala costume. He's going to be there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, the only, the only thing I, I just don't, the, 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 the peepers humor about like naked, um, Fabian Cortez and stuff doesn't jibe with what you said. Everything else I could totally get and I vet it's valid and the whole hypocrisy, hypocrisy aspect of it is fucking obviously true, but th- that's a, it's a, it's a bridge not needed to be crossed, I think. Um, I'll say I'll add that um, the fact that Magneto and Brand talked about some of these issues um, to me is a signal that these this series is not going to stop asking these questions. So we'll look forward to what it's got in store. Uh, but for now, it's a news flash. Uh, okay, so uh, we're going to go through a quick uh, quick news flash. Um, we've got another Annihilation series. Um, that is going to kill everyone. Uh, so Marvel's cosmic titles, including Sword and Guardians of the Galaxy, are going to cross over to take over a galactic level threat. Um, it's supposed to be someone you wouldn't expect, uh, but we've gotten a preview image that's a silhouette uh, kind of looming over a bunch of heroes. Uh, who do you guys think it is? And do, my que- and a question, do you think they ever, like, do they ever do a fake silhouette of something and yes. then just completely change it. Okay. They do on. that all the time. Yes. All Great. the time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so here's my uh, kind of left field guess. Cause I don't think it's um, like, an, obviously it won't be a nihilist. It won't be Galactus or anything like that. I think it'll be the beyonder. It looks like dark side from the silhouette. I don't, I'm just putting my bet on a far reach. Who knows? It's, Zack Snyder. it's actually Zack Snyder. I would not expect that. If we're just going with scale, is it just Ant Man? For fuck's sake, he's fucking huge. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's just, galactically he, charged Ant Man is my guess, honestly. It's just Spider Man. It's just Spider Man. <laughs> yes, it's one lone sentinel. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so the TV series being developed by Disney Plus titled Secret Invasion, which is supposed to probably come out sometime in. 2022 maybe 2023 it hasn't been really announced um it's going to that marvel is in talks with olivia coleman and amelia clark to join the series um in all likelihood they will be playing uh scroll um but who do you guys think they're going to be playing caitlin so um asian brand i think is going to be one of them and while i would love it for me to be olivia coleman i think amelia clark is probably the more like correct fit and I think Olivia Coleman, uh, who has done a wonderful job playing the Queen of England, is actually going to be playing the Queen of the Skrulls. Uh, I think she'll be Teddy. I think she'll be Teddy's grandmother, um, as in as in Hulkling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's how they'll they'll bring her in. I think she's got that like regalness and also that like very like you know biting humor, very biting British humor that will work 
well with uh, alien royalty. That sounds well good. said. You just yeah. said exactly what I was going to say. I Agreed. do like the fact that both Ryan and I made some mild snarl, like head shake, when you talked yeah. about the fact Arr. that Amelia Clark was going <laughs> to have to go brand instead. Yeah, she's a little one note. She's a little one note, but maybe she'll I be good. Her. I like we'll her. I... Uh, Ryan, did you have something? Nope. Snarl, no. snarl. Snarl, snarl. Okay. <laughs> Um, so we got more details about a deal that Disney and Sony have made, which will bring the Spider-Man movies, um, as well as a few other franchises to Disney plus this was part of the now part of the deal that Sony made with Netflix, where, um, after the movie is released into theaters, it will then, uh, be available for rental. And then it will move to Netflix for the first stage and ultimately be uh, housed under Disney, presumably to Disney's uh, favor because it's going to stay there as we can tell indefinitely. Um, It also means that Disney is a lot closer to having all of the Marvel movies under their uh, helm with the lone exception of the Incredible Hulk, which I didn't realize was owned by Universal. Uh, My question for you guys is, are you worried uh, Disney's gonna go broke? Um, <laughs> and that was the news flash. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys think that Disney just sit, the executives just sit around with like wads of 100s, like licking their thumbs and counting money, uh, and then just burning every random hundred? Clark. Now, I, I didn't really realize it at first, but the fact that the only ones that are going on there are movies that haven't come out yet. So everything else that we've seen already, plus Venom, which is coming out this year, is going to be on Netflix. It's so weird. So none of that's we're not getting any of these movies housed on with Disney Plus. Nothing we want or have seen before is going to be there. So yeah, just, that's interesting. Whatever random movies Disney show, I mean, I mean Sony shoves out. It's the only two that I really want are like the the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. I don't really need to see like the Sam Raimi ones or the ones with Andrew Garfield. Uh, I do think it's interesting. I do think it's interesting uh, uh, because Brent, when you mentioned that Incredible Hulk won't be on there, but like Abomination apparently is going to be a character in the She-Hulk Disney Plus series. (laughs) So they will migrate characters, but not, they won't be, not that I want to see Incredible Hulk because I mean, it's a pretty dated movie. It wasn't even that great when it came out in 08, but uh, I, you know, if you're the completest in, in anybody, it's weird that you can't see where that character got his origin. Clark? Now it looks like I, I did say I said that, but it looks like once Netflix wants to deal with Netflix uh, ends, then all those will join Disney Plus. But when that happens, don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. Sometime. All right. Uh, that was our news flash. Uh, let's wrap up with a little visit to the trailer park. Um, we've gotten our first trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, I don't think I need to explain it other than that it looks like a really good Fast and Furious movie. Uh, <laughs> what did you guys think? <laughs> I liked I, it. Ryan? Sorry, Caleb. What are we going to say? No, it's okay. Uh, so I, I'm going to probably be the dissenting voice. I, I'm really glad this movie is being made. I'm glad that like you know it's a, uh, uh, primarily an Asian cast. I think we need more representation. I think the the... It just looked a little boring. It looked a little Fast and the Furious. It looked a little, you know, Shanghai Nights or Shanghai Noon uh, to me. Um, it just, I don't know. Uh, I, I've said this before. Characters like Shang-Chi and the Punisher to a certain degree only really work for me uh, in the context of Marvel Universe when they're interacting with other heroes because they are they are basically 70s tropes, movie tropes 
exported into the Marvel universe. I mean, Shang-Chi's antecedent is, is Bruce Lee and like the characters Bruce Lee played in his movies in the seventies, you know, the Punisher, it's like, you know, the Death Wish movies, uh, Dirty Harry movies. And when you take them out of that context, it just becomes that. It's something that we've already seen before. So that's my only criticism. Brian? Brian? Yeah, that I, 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 get the, I get that point of view. Um, I think they're going to really try with this movie, though. They really want to do something with it. So I think they're going to put in the time and figure it out. And Aquafina like, owns my whole like i love her and she's really fun she's great i think she is definitely going to be the breakout star they're going to figure out how to give her some fucking powers at some point because she is uh she is truly a star so like they will figure that shit out Mm -hmm. clark this looks like a great movie that it came out in 2009 (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it I think it's just i do think it's just the trail like i mean it's it's a teaser trailer i think it, it's actually giving me more I see it as like a combination of both Ant-Man and Captain Marvel. Ant-Man from the comedy perspective of uh, Paul Rudd and I forget the actor's name who was kind of like his, it's like joke companion. What the hell is the guy's name? Um, uh, no, like just his best friend who worked like the no, security no, no, I, officer. I like that name. But yeah, but it's like the joke companion. But that's exactly Siegel. what it is. Because I'm like, oh, he's the hero. She's the joke companion. So I'm like, it'll be a good movie for that, like their general chemistry that's there. But in general, the movie was also giving me a lot of Captain Marvel, which is like, it's just going to be, to your point, Clark, a fucking 2009 superhero origin story. The only thing I really enjoy about it is that it's going to be an all-Asian cast, just like it was a very predominantly female cast in Captain Marvel. And like, even though, you know, I know people can still make fun of gender or like race flips, I do think that still adds a lot of more to my own interest when I watch a movie, because I'm tired of just seeing like the same straight white dudes having the same exact kind of comedy movie. I'm like, at least at least we're getting a bit more representation on screen, which I'm like more than willing to support if it's going to get us past these origin movies into, you know, all of these other things. I really wish that they had introduced Shang-Chi. I don't know really how they would have done it, but if they could have introduced his character through some other vehicle, like Black Panther got through Civil War, because I think the biggest problem to me is just that it's an origin story as opposed to the characters or the overall flow of movie uh, not being there. But I definitely think that that trailer was cut heavily to make it have a Fast and the Furious effect. It was certainly an advertising. <laughs> that uh, really the plan? Is that what people want their movies to be, is Fast and the Furious? Have you, they're they, literally they making nine so of them. Much money. But, they're but on I mean, number nine. But you, uh, like, quality-wise. It does, no, I think, I think the bigger picture is that they're trying to breach out into, and it's still all in the action subgenre, but they're attempting to breach into other subgenres with Marvel, so it's not all just the same kind of conversation. So in this, it would be, you know, it it's all it is probably a little bit more. I don't know. I just I, I I'm not surprised that they're trying to push this path, but it does feel like a very heavy marketing opportunity more than anything else. Uh, sorry, Brent. Yeah, the uh, actor you're thinking of is Michael Pena, but yes. um, it will be interesting to see, you know, given the way that they promote this movie, if this is more just trying to make a generic trailer so they don't give away some of the best parts um, that they can save for later, or if it's because they know this movie is going to do so well internationally that they don't need to sell it with any specific angle in the United States, perhaps in the same way you are, in the way that you think, you might think that uh, Black Panther was sold, that there isn't necessarily, I mean, surely they should hype up the fact that it's Marvel's first Asian lead, 
Uh, but I don't know if that's going to be like a central component that would, they think, get American viewers out, which is, you know, terrible. But we'll see how they market the rest of it. Clark? Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see Aquafina playing um, a good version of Darcy from Thor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone yeah, that's we all. Shut up. Charismatic. Ah, you mean the joke companion from WandaVision. Yeah, and from Ant-Man and from quite a few other ones. I mean, that, that's what she's there for, and she's going to do it much better than everyone else. All right. Now, one of the things I liked was Razor Fist's um, character design. Even though I do like his unnecessary long, like, sword razors, you know, it, it, looks, it looks nice in this movie. Simple. Well, we will uh, talk about it more as we learn more details. Uh, the other trailer we got, uh, that, that is going to be out uh, September 3rd uh, in theaters. Uh, the other trailer we got was for MODOK, a TV show about a nasally big-headed jerk uh, trying to live the suburban life. Adam, what's that like? <laughs> I live in the city, you fucking bitch. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of this Modoc trailer? I I think it looks wonderful. I mean, it's very Robot Chicken, uh, but without like I think Robot Chicken's stupid reductive humor. Uh, I think Patton Oswalt is just a fucking gem of a human being and a wonderful comic. And I got excited to see Wonder Man because Wonder Man mm -hmm. will never be in the Marvel movies, uh, and so like having him in there and just being kind of like, you know, like the good guy douche bro. Like, I mean, I'm into it. Uh, I got really happy seeing like Modoc's got a like a like an entire family and his daughter is like a girl Modoc. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if you noticed that in the trailer. I think that that's great. The only thing that kind of like not really annoyed me. I just kind of like rolled my eyes at is like, oh great, they got to bring an Iron Man. Uh, you know, towards the end, just to make sure it's tied into the Marvel universe somehow. But like, I don't think they needed it. But I'm excited. Looks great. Okay. Um, Patton Oswalt just wrote, and I think it's not, it's not yet finished, uh, a MODOK miniseries, which basically, I think is basically a lead into this series in a way, because he is finding out that he didn't even know it, but he has a family and they look exactly like this family in this. It's well done series. I can't wait to read it. Clark, I well, think you said it best. You said stupid would watch. And yeah. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I don't think I need to say any more than that. Um, so that's been our episode. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Home Superior X and at Instagram at Home Superior Podcast. Uh, rate us, review us if you like. Uh, and also remember to check out our review of all of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episodes coming out on Thursday and our Home Superior uh, Bar Sinister, which will be on Instagram. And of course, the show you love to not watch, Vicky and Kiana talking more uh, we've been Homo Superior, uh, home of the Long Clark Rant. <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary, y'all. Happy anniversary. Bye. Happy birthday. <laughs>